Well, guys and girls, what a week that was. Here we all are now again. Uh, after another wonderful week of uh, autumnal weather, certainly here in Stockholm, it's probably bloody freezing up in Julio, Lulio and Örnkosvik and places like that. But for now, Stockholm is still behaving itself a little bit. No snow in the streets, but plenty of leaves and that kind of thing. Uh, before we go any further, right, there's probably a whole load of people tuning in today and going, what's this Irish in Sweden crack, right? Calm down, lads, calm down. You're still in the right place, okay? Uh, the fact of the matter is, I've started doing a podcast called The Global Gale. I also do a podcast called Arrow Man in Stockholm, and I do another football podcast when I can get hold of footballers, which is very fucking seldom these days, called Premier Swedes, and they all turn up in the same feed, and that's the Arrow Man in Stockholm podcast feed, and sure isn't that what you're listening to now. So just to keep uh, things simple and to give you a value for money, even if you're not paying a cent at all, I put them all in one place just to, to make things easy. Everything I do goes out there and it comes out every week or every 10 days or whenever we can. But this podcast I listen to now comes out every Monday, 7 o'clock in the morning, so it's there for you when you're going to work. And now that we're dealing with a global audience for the Global Gale, sure, I don't know what time of the day that is where you are, but if you're listening to this podcast, it's for the Irish people in Sweden, the magnificent community of Irish people in Sweden here. But there's still an awful lot that you might get out of it, right? So we have uh, people all over Sweden. We have people who are second, third generation people. Indeed, one of our guests today is the son of a father from Donegal, and he'll be telling us about a recent trip that he made to Ireland. It was the first time he'd been there for a long time, and it's the first time he went there as an adult as well. So we'll be talking to Noah Odruk Dreyfjell in a little while about uh, his impressions of things over there. But uh, to begin with now, I think we might start with a little bit of housekeeping. It has been a very busy week, right? So, um, again, just to let you know how the sausage is made there, I've been planning this Global Gale podcast for a while. With 70 million Irish people worldwide, I figure we might be able to find an audience there. I figure a whole bunch of them might want to sign up on patreon.com forward slash Arrowman in Stockholm and let me uh, turn this into something of a career. Serving the Irish community around the world with podcasts every week would be something I'd love to do on a, a sort of a part-time basis. I'd love to do it on a full-time basis, lads. So if you're feeling generous, you know where to hit me up. But uh, yeah, so I had sort of intended to put the first podcast out in the middle of last week, right? If you're listening to this on the Monday when it came out, I would plan to do it on the Wednesday. And I was doing all this social media stuff. And for some reason, I put the 15th as the launch date on it, when I meant like the 19th or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, so I kind of found myself on Friday evening there going, hang on a second, I better put this bloody podcast out or everybody will think I'm an idiot. So that ended up being... Fair bit of work, it has to be said, and, uh, you know, pulling the whole thing back by five days. And then when you're trying to reach a global community, right, uh, we know approximately where to find the Irish in Sweden. We know that we'll find them through the Swedish Irish Society, and we know that we'll find them through uh, Spuds and Sill and through the Gaelic uh, football clubs and that kind of thing. But that's like 10 Facebook pages in total, right? The global Irish community, lads, holy smokes. So I spent forever doing that and joining LinkedIn groups and joining Facebook groups and that kind of thing. And in one way you feel bad because, you know, you feel like you're spamming everybody. Now, people may not ever even see a message from you, but you feel bad because you feel like you're spamming everybody. But um, you kind of have to reach out there. And short of paying, you know, millions and millions to uh, the likes of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and these lads for advertising, the only way is through sort of, you know, internet shoe leathers to go and do those kinds of things. So that uh, that kept me busy. But the first episode of The Global Gale actually featured somebody who'll be known uh, to people here in Stockholm. Uh, it was Marianne Bulger, who was uh, the deputy head of mission here a few years ago now. It's, God, they're all rolling into one, but i have got to say she was here for three years. And she has now been appointed Ireland's ambassador to Jordan. So if somehow on your travels you missed the fact that I've started the Global Gale podcast and you haven't heard from Marianne Bulger, go back and listen to it, right? Because she's from Clondalk and a woman from a working class background, went to UCD, worked her way up from handing out tax discs and driver's licenses in the motor tax office and is now representing our great nation abroad. So it's been absolutely absolutely magical um since then i've been trying to like i say it's amazing you know you you create these things you think i should that be easy enough i'll do an interview here an interview there and i'll throw it out there and then the whole thing just goes wild you know so i've been trying to keep up with making this podcast for you and planning the guests that we're going to have on it and keeping in mind that i'm going to be going to the world cup in qatar and that kind of thing and all of a sudden i was like jesus you're working from you know morning till night i'm trying to get things sorted out so uh, there's a couple of really good podcasts coming up i have one or two that are already sort of um 
canned and ready to go the interviews are ready to go uh you know there's a chap from gotham Road i was talking to there recently that's going to come out not going to give you any details about that and we also have an irish woman who stood in the recent election and indeed as far as i know she got elected uh to her local municipality there so she's going to be a local politician here we're going to be talking to her sometime in the next couple of weeks and dropping those episodes while i'm away i'm hoping or i might drop that one beforehand because it was fairly interesting altogether so it's been keeping me busy and if you want to support it i'd be delighted if you would do so you can go to patreon.com forward slash arrowman in stockholm as i said if you're in sweden you have a bank account linked to your telephone and swish you can swish a few bob to one two three two four two four one six six that's one two three two four two four one six six uh, and support the show that way and i suppose with a few extra podcasts coming out every month now now might be the time to uh, to consider being a sponsor or, or a patreon a, a patron sorry on uh, patreon.com so if you can do that's great it helps me to sort of uh, to keep track of things there helps keep the lights on now there's a lot going on right but i also don't want to bore you because i know you're sitting there going oh here's am i waffling again would you just to get to whoever you're supposed to be talking to i get that over with because we're sick of you but there's a couple of things that i would like to just flag for you before we go and do these things right uh, the swedish irish society recently had its oysters and guinness event last saturday i couldn't make it i was working that day but i believe it was a huge success uh, and I believe uh, Jerry had to hop in there. Poor old James Linus is after damaging one of his arms, going to be out for a few months now. He was originally going to be the man shucking oysters and opening them all up there. Couldn't make it. So Jerry, t- uh, I think it's Jerry's surname, Terrell? Can't remember. But Jerry hopped in anyway. Yeah, used to work down the Liffey there, was involved in the international bar. Great bloke, brilliant chef altogether. Another good Dublin man. And he hopped in and looked after all the oysters for the boys and girls. And I believe it was a tremendous success. Nobody would tell me otherwise. Uh, but they're going to be having their Christmas party on the 26th of November at the Marriott Hotel there with Marjorie at the Marriott Hotel uh, on the 26th of November, right? So get get ready for that. Get that in your diary. Uh, get onto the Swedish Irish Society. Renew your membership if you haven't done so and you'll get a couple of bob knocked off the price of the Christmas dinner there. Always well worth doing. And it's something that it dropped off for one or two years there, lads, and especially in the pandemic when we weren't able to have these things. So it'd be great if as many people as possible could make it out there. Now, so I see on occasion there's, there's people have moved over here and you know you, their hair are torn grey when you tell them what it costs I can't remember what the price is going to be for this year it's not cheap but it's not expensive either right and it's a really really good night out but more so than that it's a great opportunity to get together with people in the community and the fact of the matter is that we don't really go out as much as what we would do at home right so if you were to say right in the course of this evening, I'm going to spend X. Well, she'd probably spend twice of X if you were still living in Ballyfermot or in wherever, in Galway. Uh, so it's worth spending that few bob and getting together with the rest of the Swedish Irish community and hanging out. And it's usually a great old do altogether and no doubt to be a little bit of music. Before that, right, a month before that, almost to the day, on October 27th next, again in Stockholm, uh, this, the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden is starting to hold its drop-in breakfast again at Urban Deli on Sveavegen. So if you happen to be around Stockholm on the morning of the 27th of October, it's usually a Thursday, and I think it's a Thursday in this case as well, it is a Thursday in this case as well, and Kim Holland was on to me to tell me that uh, those breakfasts are going to start up again. I went once with Owen O'Connor, there was only three of us, Owen's in London now, and we had a great time just chatting and that, and it's, if you are new to the city, and if especially if you're involved in any sort of business or, or you're looking for networking opportunities, this is the place to go, right? So come down there, have a bite to eat again there's a discount i don't have the price for what it is in in, in my head but it's a nice way of getting out there getting down there and getting involved with people so if you're looking to generate anything for your company or business if you're looking for a job if you're looking for a mentor that kind of thing come on down i'm going to be down there as well this time with the microphone and we'll see who's knocking around and we might do a little bit of a podcast based out of that or a little bit of a report from there from the field if you like uh, uh, over the scrambled eggs and the cup of coffee and the lovely bread and everything else that they have down there and I have to say it was lovely now the last time myself and Owen were down there it was fantastic altogether so try to make it down for that and if there's anything else going on around the country uh, the joke was made to me again there you know about the Swedish Irish Society and how we should change the name to the Stockholm Irish Society and that and I was pushing back a little bit I do get that lads I, it does be very Stockholm centric even over the last few weeks now we've had an awful lot of guests on this podcast from well outside of Stockholm and we'll continue to do so but it helps then if you can let us know what your events are going on in, in Luleå or in, in Javla in Westeros uh, in Örebro in Gothenburg in Malmö in, in those kinds of places as well because you 
you listen to it every week so i'm more than happy to bring these events to everybody if i can so jump in there and tell me you know even if there's only two is getting together for a pint because we want to know what you're up to we want to know uh, if you're out and about and the kind of businesses that are supporting you the way that martin hessian at veerstrom supports this podcast and i'm extremely grateful to him for sponsoring it and the irish chamber of commerce themselves have thrown in a few bob and we'll be doing a few more uh, episodes from their perspective coming in the near future as well so yeah let us know what we're up to or what you're up to uh, and I'll be happy to, to share those details with people around the place because it's still the case, lads, that I, you know, sometimes people will hear this podcast and go, oh, I never knew you had a podcast. I'm doing it a year, for fuck's sake. How could you not know that I have a podcast for the Irish in Sweden at this stage? But that's what it takes. Like I was saying earlier there about getting into the Facebook groups and making sure that everybody knows about it because guaranteed there's Irish people out there who haven't heard of the podcast yet. 100% is better than people out there and we have to keep grinding away. And there's Irish people who don't even know know that there's other Irish people in in your town and for those of you who don't know the story I was living in Sheesta I still live in Sheesta I've been living there since 2002 on the north side of Stockholm right and when we started the Stockholm Gales we met in the Dubliner pub one night and we're all sitting there there's this lovely fella there from Waterford big baldy head in him you know really talented fella handsome fucker as well he'd annoy the shite of you you know but you, you know you couldn't get annoyed with him because he was so nice and it turned out he was living around the corner from me and it was Keith Hearn. And him, him and his partner, Marlon, were living around the corner from me in this big semi-detached house. And you know, one of the greatest days of my life was having a couple of points with Keith. And then we got to train home together. And he dropped me off at my place and he went off. And as things went on, and himself and Marlon had a family and that, and they moved out of the house that they were renting. And she went, ah, oh, you know, go on there, you know, have a chat with the landlord. He's talking about selling the house. And we bought the house that Keith and Marlon used to live in. So the same house went from uh, a fellow from Waterford living in a rented it off a Swedish fellow then the Swedish fellow that's selling it to me and I've been in there for 10 or 11 years so it just goes to show that there are Irish people in your community but we have to we have to be better at finding one another because as I say it was a great day Keith is one of uh, my dearest friends even if I don't see him as much as I'd like to but I love the bloke altogether and his family and his wife Marlon and his two boys and even Marlon's parents and that kind of thing you'll bump into them at events you know so this is what we're trying to do we're trying to use this podcast and use the things we do as a net that will pick up everybody else listen that's enough of that right one of the young people that i've gotten to know uh, over the last few years in sweden is noah drefiel oruk i can't even remember which name comes first there but we'll, we'll we'll do both right and he can pick at the end of it and i was talking to him there noah studied journalism so obviously we have something in common and i work in the business and he's getting started on his career and that kind of thing as well so you know he'd be helping him out and he'd be helping me out he's actually digging into a story down in malmo where he lives at the moment for me that i'm trying to get because somebody uh, back in back home was asking me about it but that's neither here nor there so himself and his partner the wonderful Erika, who's also a journalist they were going over to Ireland recently and I said, you know what, we thought about maybe getting them to do a little sort of a, an audio diary and then we went, Asher, look, you'd be too busy drinking points, but you'll talk to me when you come back because he has a bit of a different perspective, right? A lot of the people that we would have had over the last couple of months on the podcast would have been people who were born in Ireland sharing their stories of, come to, of coming to Sweden and now he wants to sort of, you know, turn that on its head again. So here's a young man who was born over here to an Irish father and a Swedish mother and, uh, you know, he's gone back there and he hadn't been there for many years. He'll explain why he wasn't over there very often uh, with his father when he was growing up and his relationship to, to Ireland and Irish culture, you know, but he was going back there as an adult uh, under his own steam. Lovely character, really intelligent fella, great big head of hair in him. Jesus, I'm more jealous of that than anything else. And we we're talking about everything from, you know, this idea that you would have seen in, in social media recently that, uh, oh, Connell Street is dangerous and Dublin is dangerous and it's dirty and it's been taken over by so and so after the pandemic and that kind of thing. So it's great to get him on and to talk about his experience of that and also uh, what it's like to be growing up, especially in a small town where he grew up as a Swedish Irish young fella. So here he is, Noah O'Rourke Dreyfjell. You know, so I change the order of the names around there. So, you know, one way or another, stop clock is right twice a day. Let's have a little chat with him and see what he's up to down below in Malmo and most importantly, over beyond in Dublin City. time you and me have spoken like this because yeah. we always communicate over sort of direct messages on twitter and yeah. that kind of thing uh, you're just back from a trip to ireland a post-covid trip to the green Isle. we'll get to that in a second but can you just introduce yourself a little bit for the listeners we were talking a little bit there about uh where you were born and where you grew up you're you're from sermland originally here in sweden yeah 
yeah. So I grew up basically in a village containing at the most 100 people um, called Lead, uh, which means suffer in English. So <laughs> uh, that explains quite a lot. Um, and yeah, um, since a year back, I've been living in Malmö, Sweden, uh, working as an basically intern for a couple of newspapers down here or uh, Vicaria, as it's known in Swedish. Mm. Uh, and yeah, been my dad's obviously from Ireland uh, and that uh, can explain my last name. Okay. Uh, Where about is your dad from, Noah? Uh, Donegal, uh, Ardera. Ardera and Donegal. And yeah. what made, how did he find his way to suffering in Sweden, so to speak, to the village of Lied? Uh Well, I think he just wanted to try something new, you know. Uh, he's been living here for, yeah, 33 years, I think. So Ireland obviously was a different country than it is now. Uh, a lot more uh, rough times and fairly more violent and just disrupted uh, in every sense of the word, I think. So he got sick of that and just tried his luck in Sweden instead. And it seems to have gone well for him because he has you, he has your brother. He's still living here in Sweden. What did he do when he got here? Mm. Well, he started working with troubled youths up in uh, the north or, well, technically the middle part of Sweden, Dalarna, uh, and spent some time in Jön shopping as well uh, uh, at Visingsö, working with uh, youths that have stumbled onto the wrong path, uh, as he'd like to say. Uh, so he worked for, yeah, up until his 60s, basically. Yeah. It's uh, when you come from Donegal, you've kind of got an innate sense of how to help people like that. I yeah. Think, yeah. <laughs> Suffering the cold Irish weather and damp, constant damp. Yeah. Pl plenty of people from the wrong side of the tracks up there in the north as well. Yeah. Um, when you yeah. were growing up, Noah, you're a twin. You have a twin brother, am I right? Yeah. I have a twin brother and an older brother as well. Yeah. So when you lads were growing up there with your father from Donegal and that, were you sort of aware of your Irish heritage? Is this something that was sort of beaten into you from the very beginning? Well, gently at first, I think. Uh, <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then as you got more aware of where you were from, uh, and my dad, obviously, he always had berries uh, in the cupboard, berries tea, bacon and eggs always on uh, a Saturday uh, when he was had, had a day off. He would always make bacon and eggs, have a cup of berries or Bewley's uh, if that was around. And we'd just sit down, chat, and he'd tell us about, you know, yourself. Like, oh, well, back in Ireland, the bacon is better, the butter is mm -hmm. better, the tea everything's is better. better. Everything's yeah, everything's better. better. Even the pint of Guinness is better, which I find... Oh, God, I, yeah. Like, as I have to say, like, as 50-50 Irish Swede, I can barely t taste the difference between a pint of Guinness in Sweden and in Dublin. Are you about and, to swear in church on this yeah, podcast? I, I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, sure, like, they, they pour it better in Ireland, obviously. It's, it has a better head, better, like, creaminess on top is on point. But other than that, you, uh, pretty much no difference. Oh my God! Honestly. Lock your Twitter account. For I know. Jays I know. To be bored <laughs> after this, you know. But uh, come to me. So you're growing up there. You have obviously your father's yeah. family is back in Donegal. Uh, mm. Did you sort of go over there as a child? Did you pay the odd visit to Ireland in your youth? I've actually, I've actually never been to Donegal. Uh, my dad. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he he's comfortable with outing this, but obviously he grew up in an orphanage uh, during uh, most of his childhood. So. I have little to no contact with my relatives back home uh, or in Ireland, Yeah, sadly. Uh, but it is what it is. It seems to have made him a very independent man if he was prepared to up sticks and leave for Sweden, you know, at the yeah. time that he did as well, you know, so. Yeah, he spent some time in, in Cyprus as a, uh, with the Peace Corps. Uh, so I think that made him into a different kind of man than he would have been if he stayed in Ireland, you know? Mm. There's a lot of old men in Ireland sitting and becoming bitter with a lot of things, but my dad, he just keeps taking it on the chin, even mm. moved to another country, learned a new language, started a career, 
Mm. So I look up to him in many ways uh, just because of that. Um, what did you? What attracted you then to Irish culture? The, the older you get, you're sitting at your father's mm. knee. He's telling you stories about growing up there. He's telling you how mm. much better the bacon and the Guinness is. What appealed to mm. you? Was it literature? Was it music? Was it history? I think at first it was the music. You know, I, I was a big fan of horse lips uh, growing up, of course. Uh, and then I know they're not Irish, but Dropkick Murphys, uh, of course, played a huge role in my teenage years. I was listening to them every single time I went to the gym. I would just put on a rose tattoo or uh, shipping off to Dublin or, uh, or shipping off to Boston uh, and those records. And then obviously... Uh, uh later on uh, in the uh like probably when i became 16 17 i got really invested in irish history of uh, the old legends the old celts and uh stuff like that hmm. and was that sort of kukulan and the town yeah. and all these kind yeah. of stories yeah 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 it's, uh, it still amazes yeah. me I, th- I think you're a bit of a fan of the lord of the rings as well aren't you yeah 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 big fan. No, it could yeah. it could it still amazes me that nobody has made films about you know the, the nafia Kukulin. would make a great film or a series as well like they bombed uh with rings of power if i could just pitch koholan to amazon just give what? me 15 minutes when this is over, right, we'll keep the Zoom call going. I think yeah. you and me will have to write a bit of a treatment there for Netflix. Yeah. I'll have my people <laughs> yeah. talk to you people, that kind of yeah. thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned there, obviously, that you didn't visit Ireland that much in your youth, but you and the wonderful Arike, your partner, who's uh, yeah. down there in Malmo with you, you decided that you were going to go to, was it only Dublin you visited this weekend, was it? Yeah, the original plan was just travel around Ireland, of course, uh, with car but the thing is we're pretty young i'm turning 25 this year and erika turned 25 on our trip so renting a car was absurdly expensive with yeah, the insurance like a million rates. euro for a week that yeah, yeah yeah uh so we we canned that idea idea pretty quick and figured out another way and i just said to her like dublin's amazing and it's a huge city hmm. relatively like you can spend a week there and you still barely just scratch the surface mm. uh, of what you want to see. So we spent basically our entire trip walking around Dublin. I think our first day there, we had walked 21 or 22,000 steps each. Wow. So my feet were pretty knackered at the second day. Uh, so I actually had to buy a pair of new shoes. I spent oh, 20,000 wow. steps in Dr. Martin's. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> so I you was think, the best oh, yeah. customer in that day. Yeah, you, you think, yeah, they'd be very comfortable for this, but that 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 distance you go. Where did you stay, Noah? Did you stay in the city center? Because everything is pretty expensive in Ireland right now, isn't oh, it? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we uh, Our first day, we spent at the Jerry's Inn right next to Christchurch. Oh, very good, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the first thing we did was we got to the hotel. Uh, we checked in our luggage, everything was fine. And then I just said, well, we have to eat something. So we went out to Darkie Kelly's, which is a pub just around the corner, basically from the hotel, you know it yourself, uh, and just had the most amazing experience. Uh, There was live music straight in, like we went into the pub. I didn't think we'd have uh, any chance of getting a seat, but there was literally, literally just waiting for us, a barrel, a Guinness barrel, at the do- at the corner of the pub, we sat down, ordered two fish and chips. The band started playing, sounded amazing. And then obviously we had to pay later on after three pints of Guinness, two fish and chips. And well, that that was when I realized like, yeah, things are bad in Sweden right now with the prices, but in Dublin, things are next level, uh, basically. Yeah. God, I mean, it's a shame. As you say, two young people going there for the first time and a bite yeah. to eat. And if you, I was actually, I was in Dublin in November and we were staying on O'Connell Street there. And we mm. went out the first time. I think we just went to like, you know, Beshoff's or someplace like that. Same yeah. thing. Fish and chips yeah. for the kids, you know. And they're going like 30 something euros for the three of us. Yeah, going, what? I know. You what? Like, I, I think I paid, and the morning after we went to, uh, I can't remember, remember the place's name, but uh, we I obviously had to show Riga the, the greatness of a full Irish breakfast. Of course. So, so I just went into the first first like breakfast uh, shop I, I seen and said, well, two Irish breakfast, just keep in common. And then I paid 
and I think I paid for two modest Irish breakfasts, I paid 450 crowns, which is, I think, roughly 40 euros or something. Right, right. And I was like, okay, <laughs> we can't do this every single day, but it was worth it now. Uh, but maybe not every single day. So you're, you've been eating sandwiches from Centra every day since, basically. I mean. Well, I, I mean, I think the sandwich time is, for us now, it's back in Sweden. So we try to, like, uh, we obviously wanted to enjoy ourselves because it, it's Erika's birthday trip. Turning 25, mm. you only do it once. I wanted to treat her to the nice side of Dublin. Mm. Uh, so, but 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 also keep it local. You know, I we went to a pub called Devitz on, I can't remember the street name, uh, but it was a real local place and well known, mm. of, of course. And that was one of the best experiences. Like there was full of Dubliners there, no Americans, no tourists, except mm. for us. And sat down, had the best treatment of the staff and uh, i could tell like she understood that this could be what life really is like in dublin hmm. and uh, did you stay did you stay for the whole weekend in juries in christchurch or did you move around no, from there uh we moved around we uh booked actually just one day or two days at juries in the first and the last day of the trip and then in the middle we spent at pembroke townhouse in beggar's bush on uh, really close to Ragnan Road, um, mm. and that was just beautiful. Uh, a really beautiful uh, hotel uh, from the like the building is from the 1800s uh, and had a lot of character and history. Uh, so that was really nice too. Uh, a bit of a struggle with the buses occasionally, uh, mm. but pretty yeah, pretty close to every, everything. Mm. Because one of the things we were talking about before you went there, you were saying, okay, mm. what, what should Erika and I go and see? And yeah. my suggestion was, I knew you were probably going to do the Guinness thing or whatever, you know, but my suggestion was yeah. Kilmainham Jail. What places yeah. did you decide to go and see when you were over there? Well, the thing is, like, Guinness, like, I had as a back burner. So we didn't actually do that. Uh, you didn't need because... that one. You saved that for no, next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I have to save something for next trip. Uh, and the jail, of course... But the thing is, the tickets, like, they disappear like that. Yeah, so yeah. we didn't actually manage to get any tickets for that. But we saw uh, Trinity College, of course, uh, went to the Book of Kells uh, exhibition, which is just beautiful. Uh, so beautiful. It's the I think it's the third time I've been there. And it, obviously, it was Erika's first time. Uh, and, like, the, as soon as you step into the whole Trinity area, you know yourself, it's beautiful you just stop and think about the people that have walked there for a couple of hundred years and the achievements of all the pupils that studied at this college and then obviously you see the great vaults of uh, and and the lines and lines and roads and roads uh, of books that you mm -hmm. come across in the library uh, so we saw that and then obviously temple bar we went to which I don't know if it's a sensitive topic, but I felt like Temple Bar uh, was the least Irish thing mm. that I've been to, period. Like, mm. the place was, I mean, it's got a lovely outside, the the building is great and wonderful, but once you get inside, you kind of immediately, you're exposed to the commercial side of Dublin on another mm. level, like uh, 15 staff in red shirts walking around, you're sitting down, you order, they ask for payment immediately and a tip immediately. And mm. I was like, well, no other place that we've been to has asked for this. You're the yeah. only place that's asking for tips straight away and payments straight away. Mm. So it's basically a, a shuttle of Americans and other tourists in and out of Temple Bar. Um, you went there. Were you there on Saturday by any chance? Were you? Yeah. Was yeah. it Saturday, Saturday night? Was no, the music on? Sunday, you there, no? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Okay. I think yeah, Sunday. Does, yeah, and, you, and music as well. 
Yeah. So if you look at the stage in the Temple Bar, just to the left, you'll see that there's a sort of a memento of a guy who played guitar there for like 114 hours straight, who's actually mm. a good friend of mine. He may well have been on this podcast in the past and he was back there. He actually played on Saturday night again. Oh, but it really? is, like you say, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's rammed to the rafters yeah. and it's just, okay, separate you and Arika and every other person yeah. there from there. They're, oh, and please, yeah, feel free to buy a t-shirt in the shop next door on the way out of that. Yeah. And it, it is, like you say, it's not really that authentic, you know? So no, I mean, was there you don't people you, around there. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it was packed. Uh, it was packed, uh, like fully, fully packed. I don't actually think they were allowed to have that many people inside of the pub <laughs> as they did. <laughs> but I mean, no, no pub in, in Dublin will meet those requirements anyway. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was packed and we sat down, had a bite to eat. Uh, I had uh, a sandwich, which, which was like, OK. Uh, and Erika had a pizza with, which was okay but it was a lovely the interior is nice as well with the pins mm. the John F. Kennedy posters and everything it's just a beautiful place but I feel like they could change it into something more homely mm. basically I, yeah yeah no I do think that that's lacking like you know the, the thing is that if you're going to have a place like that I understand you're really busy I understand mm. you have to pay huge rent yeah. I understand all that but you can at least have the service you can at least have yeah. you know that sense of you know people taking their time if you're going to order and that kind of thing and have that you know yeah. sort of sense of camaraderie there that's really sort of yeah lacking, yeah because you know? we um, felt that like uh, when we when we looked up like obviously our first uh, night we went to Darkie Kelly's and then mm. the day after we we're like, oh, that's a nice pub because I had never actually, because it's been so long since I've been in Dublin. I was probably 14 years of age last mm. time. So I didn't go to the pub. I didn't drink. I didn't, you know. Uh, so we looked up the pub the day after and it turned out it was the like one of the highest recommendations of mm. pubs in Dublin. And I can understand why, because the staff were lovely. Everything like that Temple Bar should be Darkie Kelly was. Yeah, yeah. So you enjoyed yeah. that part of it. Um, yeah. where else did you where else did you go to visit when you were wandering around the city doing your twenty one thousand steps? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went to um, uh, Bewley's Cafe as well. Lovely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to show Erika uh, like my favorite place in Dublin, which is Bewley's uh, on, on Grafton Street. There, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On Grafton Street. So we went went there. Uh, had. Uh, cup of tea uh, and uh, I had the full Irish and she had some uh, uh, short rib uh, sandwich. Another hundred euro down the tubes. <laughs> oh yeah, at least. <laughs> but it was like that place, I have no problem. Like they could charge me a thousand euro and I was like, yeah, sounds fair. Fair enough. Yeah. Work away. Yeah, yeah no, it is. Work it's, away. it's beautiful. Like they have stained glass windows and everything in there. It's yeah, just magnificent. Yeah. You know? It's just awe-inspiring the architecture is truly wonderful did you drive erika completely fucking mad over the weekend or did she did she have any sort of room to enjoy it and to, to sort of you know to have her own experience of dublin or was she just were you just in her ear the whole time no i was pretty laid back actually i i asked her like okay what are the places you want to see let's go there and uh, i can just steer you sometimes maybe in the right direction like mm. We uh, obviously went to Stevens Green and yeah. uh, and you know there's like several entrances like small mm. entrances and we walked like um, she was about to turn into one of the smaller entrances to Stevens Green and I said oh, well we we might want to go into the entrance on uh, Grafton Street because that's mm. the big vault and like mm. um, it's more like epic to walk through those gates than the small cast iron gates on the side yeah. of the street you know so maybe a couple of times i i um uh steered her in the right direction but nothing nothing crazy she might have have said something different but <laughs> that's how i feel you're, you're looking over your shoulder there is she hanging around there listening to this no, conversation she's, <laughs> she's i think she's upstairs so i have to watch my tongue you know? <laughs> I have to speak very quietly yeah, very quietly yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you think she enjoyed it yeah uh she did uh we were actually she was actually sad to leave um 
and we got home to Sweden just yesterday and we immediately felt like, oh, what the fuck? Like we <laughs> we need to go back as soon as possible uh, because it's just a, obviously I, I am aware that we're there on vacation and we don't work, we don't pay rent, we don't like have all these expensive things on our mind at the moment when we're there. But it's just a different feeling than Sweden and like Malmö and Dublin, I would say are sort of comparable in size, like population wise, Uh, maybe Dublin's a little bit bigger, I think. Uh, But there's just a whole other energy. People are happy. People say hello. The builders on, uh, I think one of the bridges crossing over to O'Connell street, um, just was sat there one morning painting uh, the bridge and I walked past and they just looked up and said, hello, how are you doing? That's never happened in Sweden. Like once in my, my 24 years here, never Mm -hmm. once. So it's just a different, different atmosphere, different type of human being. Uh, Mm -hmm. And obviously there's, I I told Erika because like we obviously have it here in Malmö as well, but the problem with homeless people, mm. uh, and we obviously came across that in Dublin as well. And I told her like, well, this is, uh, I I used to say it's like the dark side of Dublin, like mm. the homeless people that are just there and part of the scenery in a way mm. that makes me pretty uncomfortable and. Like I think she mentioned on our second day, like there are uh, very few benches on the O'Connell Street, for instance. There's mm. practically no benches, and on Grafton Street either, there's no benches. And I said, yeah, well, that's because of the homeless people. Like the people in charge here don't want them to loiter around, uh, and they don't want them to sleep on the benches. Uh, and you can sort of see on the um, streets as well, there's a slight incline uh, mm. uh, that makes it, like, I guess, harder to sleep on. Um, so that's that that's the dark side of Dublin. And you have to be aware of that, I think, when you visit. Like, that's, that's mm. a problem that needs to be uh, addressed somehow by people in charge. Yeah, I think it's it's a very big problem, not just in Dublin, but in many uh, cities now, this thing with anti-homeless yeah. architecture. You yeah. know? And rather than sort of do something about it, rather than address the issues that be, these people yeah. have, they just go, okay, let's just try to get rid of them. Let's just try to put yeah. them somewhere where we can't see. And the same thing yeah. happens, you know, you, the same thing happens here in Sweden as well. But I do think that when I was back in Dublin in November for the first time after the pandemic, there was a lot said yeah. about how, you know, people who had maybe addiction problems and that they had moved back into the city during the pandemic because yeah. there was nobody there to chase them away. Yeah. Did you feel in any way, yourself and Adika, did you feel in any way unsafe when you were there, Noah? Never, 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 oh. never. Uh, like, I, I, this actually came up between us. Like, I told her, like, and we walked for, like, entire days, like, got home to the hotel relatively late after a couple of pints of Guinness, uh maybe a bit wobbly under the legs Mm. but i never once felt safe through dark alleys through bus stops never Mm. and that's uh, another difference between like dublin and sweden i would Mm. say because here in malmo you're sort of aware on what street to walk on if you're heading home from the pub like okay maybe not take that road that has bad lighting um there's known to be a few stabbings and obviously because i'm a reporter i'm more aware uh mm. of uh things like that um but in dublin never mm. well that's that's good to hear because you know there is i think there's actually a show on as we're talking there's gonna be a show on tonight on or on irish tv about o'connell yeah. street and oh you know what can we do about it and um, you moved to malmo there a year ago I remember just when you were yeah. sort of finishing up with your your journalism studies and that kind of thing yeah and you moved there uh, have you had any sort of contact with the irish community down there since you moved there at all yeah a little bit uh i met a couple of irish people down here uh but i i guess i'm a i'm a pretty like homely guy i'm a i'm a home cat uh, as yeah. you say in swedish um so i don't get out much uh and i work when i when it's busy it's busy i work constantly so there's no time to to get out there but i'd like to get a get to know a couple of more people i guess it's hard though to make 
like long-term friendships uh, or friendships in Sweden overall when you don't know your future in the right. city that you live in. You, I could be, me and Erika could move from here in like six months if times right. are bad. So, and that makes it kind of unfair, I feel, to to become more good friends with someone because it's harder to leave and it's harder to keep in touch after you leave. Yeah. It is that thing, but at the same time, you kind of can't, uh, I think Billy Bragg used to call it waiting for the great leap forwards. You know, you kind of yeah. have to live in the moment a little bit. Yeah. And especially considering you chose the path of journalism, which an awful lot of people would say that, you know, journalism is a very uncertain job. It's a difficult job yeah. to make a career in. How have you found it since you left college? Um, it's a bit of a rocky road, I suppose. Um, I left college in 2020, uh, just when the pandemic was beginning to show its teeth here in Sweden. And luckily I got a internship. The first, like the last course of college is the internship. So it's seven weeks of you being on a newspaper somewhere in Sweden. So I, I applied to Nordköpingstidningar in Östergötland. Um, and I got the internship and at the same time they sent the uh, uh, offer of a summer internship as well uh, or uh, working there for the summer. So I immediately took that, signed the both, uh, the pair uh, of the contracts, sent them back, uh, moved up to North Shopping and basically everyone was uh, gone from the uh, from the newspaper everyone was working from home or had been laid off uh, for a short, shorter time. Um, permitterad. Uh, yeah, furloughed, um, I think is the word in English. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so after that, uh, I quit that uh, in August of 2020. And then a week later, I got a job offer in Sörmland, my home county, uh, at the newspaper there. Worked at that for a just about a year uh didn't get uh an offer for a for a for a long term for a advance mm. so i talked to erika and said well we have to go somewhere where there's work because like student debt isn't cheap to uh, to pay when you you've got no income and have to pay rent and food and everything uh so we looked at a map of Sweden and said, well, Malmö is great because it's close to Denmark. It's close to Europe. Uh, you're from here. Uh, Erika's from here. And um, we could probably get uh, an apartment pretty quickly. So we uh, got uh, on track of that process and moved just like, I think, a month after that. And then I got here with no job, uh, no contacts basically. And like seven days later, I had a job interview at Skånska Dagbladet, which is the smallest newspaper in uh, Malmö and got a offer to be like, basically if the uh, regular staff is sick, I get called in. So, yeah. uh, and that uh, has held on for about a year now. Mm. Uh, and I also worked at Sydsvenskan, uh, which is the largest newspaper, uh, basically the same deal there. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's been quite a ride. Mm. How does it feel to hard. you? Yeah, no, this is the, that was my yeah. next question, because that yeah. sort of uncertainty. I mean, OK, you're not an alpha like me, right? I'm fucking mm. twice your age at this stage. Yeah. But you're, also, you're 25, yourself and Enrique yeah. want to do things, you want to save, you yeah. want to be able to go away. Has it been uh, difficult, you... you know, not knowing how many hours you're going to work, how many days you're going to get, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, that's a constant stress about that, actually. Uh, Erika is, I'm so proud of her. She's uh, just landed, uh, or she landed a job at uh, Sweden Radio for uh, until the 2023, uh, the 1st of January. So she's had that for from May until, yeah, today's date. Uh, so her income is more secure than mine, which, like, it, it, that's, we're really fortunate in that way. But for myself, I pretty much constantly think, 
of like, okay, we're moving into October now. People are getting sick. People's kids are getting sick. That's great business for me because you're like, celebrated. It's like, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bastards. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Which I, I don't, don't want to be like that kind of person celebrating someone else's yeah, uh, sure. sickness in life. Uh, and that's, I, I've like, I've managed up until this point, but I feel like it, it sort of hollows out the soul a bit. Mm. Um, but when I'm working, like it's the best, best business to be in by far. There's no better feeling than being first on a story, like exclusive story. You know, you're at least 15 minutes ahead of your competition mm. and you're just banging away at your keyboard, trying to get some sense of what's going on. It's the best rush. Uh, I could compare it to fishing, probably when you hook a big pike and you feel that fight in the in the fish, uh, try to reel it in back to shore. It's basically the same feeling. This is the thing, right? Because an awful lot of people who do what you did, who go and study journalism, and then they get yeah. out in the world and they realize this is actually really fucking difficult. So then they yeah. change and they go working in PR instead. Can you yeah. ever see yourself doing that? Because you know, you've always no. struck me as somebody who's a journalist and always will yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh I I've obviously like so at some point you have to swallow your you swallow your pride, right? Uh mm. like if times are bad, they're bad and you have to work. But I I'd rather I've actually said this to my employer, like, oh well, there's uh, always butchering or just I could fillet mm. fish or work at a restaurant, just whatever just mm. keeps whatever just keeps me afloat but i couldn't do pr uh in a hurry as uh, in a hurry mm. uh but if times are bad you know i'm i guess i could do it but i wouldn't enjoy it it sounds like a little bit of your dad coming out you there now that you're do you'll do whatever is necessary just yeah. to get you you know to get in a week's wages or that you know it's it yeah has to be yeah done, you know? yeah and I, I guess that's what he did when he first came to sweden i know like he didn't know the language so he carried around a notebook like and if someone would say a swedish word that he didn't understand he'd stop try to write it down ask the mm. person like what does this mean mm. and he'd write down an explanation uh for himself uh so he's actually fluent in swedish i think he knows better swedish now than he does english in a way like living for so long and not utilizing the uh, English mm. uh, as much as he maybe should has made him into sort of a hybrid uh, hybrid speaker in English. It's amazing, isn't it? How you can just you know, well, you know, it's use it or lose it, you know. So if you don't yeah. use the English, it's yeah. going to fall away a little bit, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, when yeah. You when you look around now, Noah, because you noticed there, or you mentioned there that, you know, Copenhagen is only across the bridge there. You can be there in yep. half an hour after we hang up. Then, of yep. course, Hamburg and Germany is a few hours further on. Yep. Where do you see yourself in a weekend? Like, do you plan to stay in Sweden? Do you plan to move to Stockholm? Are you, are you going to try and base your life in Malmö? Where do you see yourself? Um, well, we've actually been talking about, like, obviously, it's a diff different thing talking about it and actually doing it. Um, but like Ireland is an opportunity as well. I feel like, um, because I've picked up a couple of Irish newspapers, uh, during our visit and, <laughs> and I realize they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel I'm like joking. there's, I, I feel like there's, uh, there's room for improvement and they're also, I feel like they have a bit more spirit than Swedish newspapers generally. Mm. Like they yeah. write about stuff that you don't find in um, Swedish normal uh, newspapers anyway. Like uh, was it the the rugby female rugby club or football that sang Ua Upvera? It was the Irish. Hullabaloo. Yeah. Yeah, that was the women's national soccer team. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and that caused like a huge uproar and everyone was talking about it and mm. that stuff basically doesn't happen over here in Sweden. Like you could mm. write, obviously, of course, today we've, we've had a success, succession of power um, mm. in Sweden with a new party or and a new coalition uh, surging up and everyone's talking about that, but that's like serious business like mm. a, a, a female soccer team chanting a wolf tone or like making a own version of a wolf tone song from yeah. way back when and everyone's talking about it like people on the airport were chanting Ooh, uh, up 
up the ramp <laughs> and tweeting about it. And, you know, I feel like that's an opportunity. Like that's a, a, some kind of news that doesn't generally make the cut here in Sweden mm-hmm. that I feel should mm. in a way. Oh, it, more like you say, well, I think it was the right description when you say that there's a lot more spirit to it. I find as well that in, in Irish newspapers uh, across the board, broadsheets, tabloids, mm. the whole lot, there's a lot more personal stories. So yeah. there's a lot more, you know, it's an awful lot more about people rather than events. And I find yeah. that an awful lot more interesting because all the best yeah. stories to me are about people. If you were to, if you were given the choice, would you prefer to work for a newspaper? Would you do what Anika does and work in radio? Would you like to do TV? Um, uh, radio or newspaper. That's, I think, my medium of choice. Um, because I, I, I don't know, TV, uh, I, I have a hard time seeing myself in front of a like big screen reading the news. And I don't know, I something just doesn't feel right. Uh, but radio, I've always loved. And writing is like my business. That's the only thing I know for sure I can do. Mm. And when you look around Dublin when you were there, and I know you mm. said that, look, we're not living here, we're not paying rent or that kind of thing. Do you think yeah. the two of you would, you know, live there for six months, a year? Could you see yourself having a future in Ireland? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, we've looked at a couple of houses in Donegal, uh, like just for fun, nothing mm. serious, but... And like you could get like the most beautiful house in Donegal for dirt cheap, basically. And it's not yeah. even bad. It's not even like run down. It's, it's just far fresh. away. <laughs> yeah, it's just far away. And like, I don't really mind that. Like if I land a job, say at even a Swedish newspaper that allows you like Tia Tia. Uh, the the Teening and Telegram Bureau, the news yeah. agency. Yeah. Yeah. Like that allows you to live somewhere else than Sweden and just work from a distance, work from home, do whatever. I could definitely see myself living uh, even in Cork, maybe not Limerick, uh, but... Uh... <laughs> why, why do people hate on Limerick so much? <laughs> they're shifty, man. They're shifty. <laughs> I shall apologize no, to all the good fine. people in Limerick now. Uh, they're slander fine. Being yeah, they're fine. Know. They're fine. <laughs> They can take it, you know. I mean, Dubliners can't take it. They're they're at the center of the world, but the people from Limerick are usually grounded. We 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 us Dubliners were extremely fragile people altogether. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I hate yeah. to be told anything about it. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, so definitely like and the like the logistics of it, I feel like since Ireland, that's the big upside now that Ireland is free and Ireland is part of the EU. We they're not going anywhere. We're free to move there, work, pay pay the taxes, enjoy the benefits of being an EU citizen. Uh, so that opens up a world that many other people don't even get the chance to experience, I suppose. Well, when you flew there this time, did you go from Copenhagen or did you fly from Malmo? Yeah, so we took the uh, bus from here to Hylia. Uh, which yeah. is the uh, train station, uh, the f- most south train station here in Malmö, and got the train over the bridge to Kastrup and then flew from there. It's uh, brilliant because you in. just you, yeah. you get off the train and you go up an escalator and you're into the airport. I mean, it's a yeah. fantastic uh, yeah. way to travel, you know? It's the, like, uh, coming from rural Sweden, like, I had three buses a day growing up none on uh none on weekends none on holidays to malma being able to take the bus to the train from the train to the airport in a different country in a matter of 20 minutes 30 minutes it's just amazing could you Uh, ever see yourself going back to your rural roots now or are you done with sort of small towns no, uh, I'm I'm done with big towns. Uh, Already? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've like the day after I graduated uh, gymnasium or the like um, upper secondary yeah, school. Yeah. yeah, upper upper secondary school. I moved to Reykjavik uh, and spent time there for three months or two and a half, uh, and then I moved back to Sweden uh, to my hometown, Nishaping. Uh, lived with my parents for one year, worked at a school, and then I applied for college, moved to a different city, uh, Kalmar. And since then, I've been spending more time in the city than I would care for. I just, 
I'm I don't think I'm built for it really. Is that right, Jack? Because you always struck me as a sort of a quite an urbane gentleman, enjoying uh, really, wander- <laughs> yeah, enjoying wandering the streets. I'm of the biggest culture ever. <laughs> <laughs> what does Anika like, say about that? Is she from the city of Malmo or is she from the yeah, surrounding she's, area? Yeah, she's a real cedar rat. Uh, she's grown <laughs> up in the uh, in the city, but she, her dad uh, uh, and his wife owned a house uh, outside of Lin Shopping. Uh, in the countryside, uh, mm. uh, a small suburban area called uh, Grebo. Mm. Uh, and so she's had the taste of both worlds in a way, but then she went and got together with me. So she uh, got to experience the real rural uh, Swedish lifestyle with horses, cats and farming, basically. Mm. And did that uh, appeal to her or did she want to make a run? I always say I'm allergic when I can't smell concrete. I have some yeah. kind of allergic re- reaction. Was she the same or was she happy enough to live that life with you for a little while? Yeah, no, she she's enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, she always says it's so calm outside of the city and mm. it gets quiet. Like here in Malmö, nothing gets quiet ever. Uh, so being taking her from that to the quietest place on earth basically it's just a fun experience because you can see that she's relaxing and enjoying a different sort of life have you usually what happens on the plane home from dublin go mm. back to copenhagen then across the bridge you start making plans for the next trip to ireland have yeah. you, the two of you decided yet what you want to see the next time you go there yeah, we talked about that yesterday, and we I think since I'm turning 25 this December, I think we're going to rent a car uh, and drive around Ireland uh, to see different uh, different sides. Like, I want to show her the countryside of Ireland as well, uh, to see if she could accept that uh, and enjoy it. I think she would. Uh, but the thing is, like you, I almost forget every time that people drive on the wrong fucking side of the road. Uh, I got the biggest, like almost anxiety attack riding the bus from Dublin airport into central Dublin. Like, uh, what's going on here? Yeah, what's going on here? Uh, the bus driver, he drove like he was being followed by the CIA or something. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so maybe not a trip through Dublin by car, but definitely outside uh, of Dublin. Well, you're lucky enough. Now we have this big motorway, the M50, which didn't exist when your dad uh, left. But now you can yeah, just avoid yeah. all that and get out to the countryside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I wish you the best of luck. I hope that there's loads of people sick now during the autumn and the winter so you can get plenty yeah. of days of work and save up. And so you might come back on the podcast when you've gone down the country and uh, you can let me yeah. know what yourself and Erika thought. But for now, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Life proceeds serenely in Dublin nowadays. Only the elderly remember the troubles. There's no rat race aired about the capital of error. It's a Roman Catholic city with today its own brand of excitement. For on each bank of the Liffey, there's only one thing to talk about, the Dublin Horse Show. They've been working overtime in the Smithies, and the honour of Ireland's fine hunters will be contested on the famous showground of Ballsbridge. Entered for the Sunday Mount Stakes is top of the sixth. Freddie Welsh, his rider, superintends the bandaging. This is the scene behind the scenes during the five days of the show. They really understand horses over in Ireland, this breeding ground of incomparable hunters. The latest four-leg arrivals get expert appraisal, as they have done for the past hundred years or so that the Dublin Horse Show has been held. There you go, just one of many reasons, many, many, many reasons to visit our wonderful capital city of Dublin there. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Noah. I certainly enjoyed talking to him about it and getting his um, take on what it's like to be in that city at the moment as a tourist. And I think it is for any of us who have been back recently, especially since the pandemic, it's very fucking expensive. But my God, is it ever worth it. And remember I was talking to you just beforehand there about... um, all the events that are going on, it's like the Swedish Irish Society were listed. So just as I was putting things together there for this week's episode, they sent me a final reminder for the Halloween spooky Goose Walk. Goose Walk? Ghost Walk. I can't even read at this stage, lads. Uh, that is on, on the 30th of October 2022 in Gamla Stan in Stockholm. 
and that's going to be taking a place there. So if yourself, your kids, or anybody want to wander in there, you go and make sure you do that. Uh, go to the Swedish Irish Society's Facebook page and you'll find all sorts of details about those kinds of things. Back in the day, the great Brian Burns, a fantastic musician, teacher, engineer, you name it, Brian has done it, uh, has re- released Manny's The Great Album under his own steam, The Bell Brian, and uh, he, he had these brilliant concerts at this time of the year called Sowen. We were sort of reclaiming the other end of the year from St. Patrick's Day and Brian put on these things, I think it was in Stallet and a couple of other theatres here in Stockholm and they were really, really good. Uh, the problem with, with all those things, of course, is it takes time and money and energy and resources and uh, the bell Brian has other things to be doing. I think he's working as a teacher full-time and still involved in music and what have you. So, uh, It'd be great if we could uh, somehow refloat that concept again. I think he used to do it for charity as well. Uh, if it wasn't that particular concert, I know he's done concerts for the homeless before around this time of the year because this is the time of the year they need things. But enough of that for the time being. It'd be great if we could get that back on the road. Just ticked up over the hour mark again on this podcast. So I'll tell you what, lads, I'll leave you at that, right? There will be another Global Gale podcast in the very near future. The in, uh, the, the interviews and everything are done. So just have to put them together. In fact, uh, Mr. Joe O'Neill is going to be on the next one because Joe left Stockholm here went over to London and has started an Irish creative collective there so he's going to be coming up if you want to have a listen to the Global Gale there there'll be another episode of Our Man in Stockholm I was talking to Sebastian Larsson from AIK last night about him coming on Premier Swedes to talk about his career in English football there another fantastic guy he's going to retire at the end of the season but a bit of a shame how se- how quick did that season go and I know Paul Curley and all the boys who cheer for Hecken down below in Gothenburg will be thinking geez, I can't go quick enough because they're top of the table but uh, it only seems like yesterday that we were talking to Zach El- Zadie from Dublin. Uh, Zach will be back, of course, before the Shamrock Rovers match. Hopefully, we'll get him on before the Shamrock Rovers match uh, that's coming up. So, if you're getting tickets for that, uh, try to let people know and we'll all try to get together. We'll try maybe and do an event, do a live version of this podcast maybe before we get a chance to do that. But you look at that's enough for this week of all the plans, the various different things that are going on there. Look after you as ourselves, look after one another, and I'll see you out there on the highways and byways of Sweden in the very near future. Take care. Good luck.